0: Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com.
1: Welcome in to the Jeff Andreas Show and thanks so much for joining me here on Friday, May the 22nd. Got a good show lined up for you here today the uh, trucking industry might still have some action as of course goods do need to be shipped across the country, but that doesn't mean that it has been all sunshine and roses. The industry has taken a hit just like pretty much everything else that we're going through here, and uh, particularly when it comes to the movement of people. There's an even bigger concern about that form of transportation. So I'll be joined by the president of the BC Trucking Association in just a little bit to talk about what the trends have looked like here over the past month and a half, two months, and uh, how things might look here moving forward and to end off today's show well it is Friday so I wanted to try and help send some good vibes to end things off so there is a trend that's happening in many places of the country it's called wine ninjas and it's happening here in camloops as well people can sign up to be a wine ninja and they can drop a care package off off at the door and run away from someone um, you know and just help make someone's day you know you could be a recipient of some good goodies it's a great way to help make someone's day and uh, really brighten up some smiles here as we go through this pandemic so I'll be joined by the organizer of the Camloops Wine Ninja Initiative to end off today's program. But to begin today's show, well... As we move into phase two of the BC restart plan, businesses are starting to reopen, but of course a number of questions come from business owners about how to go about reopening in a safe way. WorkSafe BC has put out the industry specific guidelines and the Kamloops Central Business Improvement Association held a virtual Zoom meeting with a local member of WorkSafe to try and answer some of those questions and address some concerns. I'm joined on the line now by the executive director of the KCBIA, Carl DeSantis. Carl, thanks so much for taking the time.
2: Absolutely. uh, I'll take any time to talk to you guys about downtown. Thanks for your interest.
1: Yeah, well, uh, let's just kind of get right into the meat of it here. I mean, you guys held a a nice, what was it, probably an hour and a half or two hour Zoom session. I was on there for a little bit, but I couldn't stick around for the whole thing. But it looked like it was pretty well attended. So clearly there are a lot of business owners here in the downtown who have a lot of concerns or questions, if you will, about how they're supposed to reopen.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Concerns and questions. Uh, You know what? Returning to the uh, safe operations was the theme of the presentation uh, from uh, WorkSafe BC. And it was very well attended. Lots of engagement and lots of follow-up engagement. Uh, You know, there's so much uncertainty about uh, what this Phase 2 looks like uh, and what the responsibilities are. And I think one of the big takeaways for everybody is this is a shared responsibility. uh, Responsibility that all of us are required to involve the workers and uh, employers. Uh, there's responsibilities for each group, and then of course, as a community, uh, there's responsibilities uh, on everybody returning to restaurants and retail, and just getting out into the public as well. So, yeah, there's lots, to, lots to learn and lots to be uh, to, to try and understand.
1: Did you notice as you went through the session that there maybe seems to be a bit of a theme in terms of what are the more popular questions or the more um, asked concerns that people have? Was there any sort of, uh, you know, theme to it at all? Was it PPE? Was there anything else in particular that seemed to be of a greater concern? Yeah, you know what? I don't
2: know that there was a theme, actually, Jeff. Uh, there was a, there were certainly questions about the PPE, but, but the questions that uh, people had uh, may have been uh considered by other people but they were very well answered by candace from work bc so uh, people ask some very diverse questions uh you know another one of these takeaways is that uh, there's a responsibility of course for employers now to develop a covid 19 safety plan but you know let's not be afraid of that it doesn't have to be perfect but we don't want perfect to be the enemy of good. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, just all of us make an effort as employers to uh, develop this plan and uh, to do so uh, with the uh, support and uh, contribut- contributions from the uh, workers as well. Like, uh, for example, a joint health and safety committee uh, so that we can all work together on uh, making the workplace safe.
1: And coming out of that session, just how how are businesses feeling from the ones that you might have had a chance to talk to? Are they feeling a little bit uh, more relaxed or a little bit more at ease now that they had the ability to have some of that one-on-one conversation?
2: Yeah, I talked to several of them, actually, and we've received a lot of feedback since. Uh, the presentation, and yeah, there's certainly more comfort with what the expectations are. Uh, I, I think there's a great appreciation that uh, WorkSafe BC has actually developed a template, a guideline of sorts that's available on their website, and uh, it will help guide businesses uh, and services through the development of individual COVID 19 safety plans. So, yeah, there's certainly more comfort that way. However, you know, there's still so much uncertainty with uh, with where this pandemic is going. And uh, and uh, as much as we are excited to get businesses open and getting them back uh, operating and generating some revenue and contributing to the community, um, we want to uh, really be cautious about how we do that so that we don't go too fast and jeopardize uh Uh, a second wave uh, throughout the province.
1: How how is downtown looking right now? I know a number of businesses have started to reopen. I've seen a few restaurants as well start to try to begin welcoming some customers back. Um, I know there's some businesses that are looking to next week to start to reopen. So just uh, just how full is is the business uh, sector in downtown? Is it starting to get a little bit more, um, you know, out there and open? And are people starting to, you know, welcome customers in now?
2: what I'm seeing is slow and steady is winning the race uh, you know what What customers aren't coming down on mass just yet however uh, there, there is some confidence uh, returning to, uh, to the retail you know getting in there and uh, shopping as well as the restaurants. you know a big shout out uh, to MITs I don't know if you've seen any of the photographs online about uh, some of the steps that they've taken to uh, to uh, make it a safer uh, restaurant but they put up barriers between all of the booths and on each of these barriers it's not your typical uh, uh, plexiglass look, it, it looks more like a chalkboard with the menus. Included so that uh, people don't have to actually hold menus, recycle these menus. Great initiative, and kudos to them. Uh, you know, in the downtown the KCBIA, we are actively working with the city about a couple of uh, initiatives uh, you've probably heard about. and re- In fact, I know, and you've reported on uh, uh, the potential for extending patios uh, for restaurants and retails and the potential for closing sections of uh, Victoria Street uh, just to generate some space. For people returning to downtown, so they can maintain some physical distancing. So there's a lot of things going on, and uh, you know we I, I know we're not going to get it perfect every time, but uh, rest assured we are doing what we can to support business in our city.
1: Yeah, I love the idea of expanded patios. There's nothing better, in my opinion, than uh, a cold beer on a on a patio on a hot day. So I hope we get to see a little bit more of that kind of action uh, here soon. Uh, not not the greatest weather tier today, but uh, hopefully soon. Well,
2: it's not, and I look forward to sharing one of those cold beers on said patio with
1: you, Jeff. I look forward to it as well. Uh, let you go on this, Carl. Just, you know, for those listening who are eagerly awaiting to uh, start their shopping, start coming downtown a little bit more frequently, do you have any message for for people who are, uh, you know, thinking about taking that step and, uh, you know, hopefully soon we'll be able to uh, come down and, and really explore?
2: yes i do my message is really simple this has been a really tough couple of months for businesses and for our entire community for our nation we know what the consequences can be if we push things too fast and we do not want to go down that road Uh, case in point look down uh, look into the states and some of the states so my request is that all of us uh, continue to be responsible as we have been maintain physical distancing and also support local you know what there's a lot we can do uh, online there's takeout there's delivery but also come back and uh, when you are coming into our businesses and our stores and retails uh, please be respectful of space and uh, you know what we're going to get through this together
1: Well, Carl, thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. And really happy to see that uh, businesses are concerned about the welfare of their employees as well as their customers. So uh, clearly there was a well-received Zoom presentation that was made yesterday with WorkSafeBC. And the fact that it was well-attended shows that people care not only about just, you know, being fined and all that kind of stuff, but that they do want to make sure they're keeping everyone safe. So great stuff. uh, Really appreciate it. And thanks so much for doing this. You have a great
2: day and stay safe and
1: healthy. You as well. That was the executive director of the Kamloops Central Business Improvement Association, Carl DeSantis. Yeah, looking forward to starting to see how businesses are going about opening up. I know, you know, Tuesday, it's only been, this is day four, really, since uh, phase two of the BC restart plan kicked in, so things are slowly starting to open back up. I think, like Carl said, slow and steady wins the race. I think that's a, a critical piece here. Um, you know, I've also had some concerns from uh, from members of the public. I've talked to a couple of people already this week who have some concerns about what things are looking like when, uh, you know, restaurants open up. I understand there's a bit of a fear, right, when you have uh, groups of people congregated and are eating and there's obviously issues that come with that. What happens with your server? I was talking to one woman who said her daughter went back to work at a restaurant in Kelowna and she went into work with a mask on and with gloves on and her boss told her to take them off before she started her shift. So clearly she was wearing the stuff to make herself feel safe and then the restaurant owner in this situation was, uh, you know, not too worried about how they were feeling. So that's a big problem, I think. Got to make sure your clients, or not only your customers and clients are feeling safe, but make sure your staff are feeling safe as well because if you don't do that, well, probably not going to work for you for very long. So a whole lot of stuff that needs to be thought about here as we move through this restart plan. I know I want to get to phase three, but in order to get there, we, of course, got to make sure that phase two goes according to plan. We're day four, and the provincial health officer has said it will take 21 to 28 days before we know if we're ready to move on to phase three. So what are we looking at? About 17 days at the earliest before we know if we can start taking those next steps. So let's take the proper precautions now so that we can move ahead in the future. All right. Well, Let's take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to be talking about what's going on with trucking here. I'm going to be joined by the president of the BC Trucking Association, so please stick around, and the Jeff Andreas Show will be right back.
0: You're listening to Jeff Andreas on Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and radionl.com.
1: Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks for being with me here on Friday. Hope you're getting ready for a should be a, hopefully a decent weekend here. Of course, COVID-19 has impacted every corner of the economy in some way, and that includes the trucking industry as well. I'm joined on the line now by the president of the BC Trucking Association, Mr. Dave Earl. Dave, thanks for taking the time. Uh, thanks for having me. So... I mean, when you talk about trucking, we've often discussed it as an essential service through all of this. And, uh, you know, it seems to be one of the industries that maybe doesn't get as much attention when just talking about, um, you know, that there isn't as much business, right? Because trucks are still moving across the country. So t- probably to the naked eye, it doesn't appear like there has been as much of a slowdown. But uh, you've got some surveys out and you've put some stats out here looking at March and then into April when we had the first full month of COVID-19. And uh, yeah, there's there's been some problems. Can you maybe go over a little bit of some of the uh, downturn that we're seeing when it comes to trucking in Canada
0: sure um, you know it, it's uh, it's a story that hasn't been told to date and uh, you know there's been so much work done and our, our members and the drivers are, are so heartened by the support that they've got from the broader community uh, and now that we've uh, we've come through that that initial crisis point uh, we started looking and working with our members to get a sense of the impact um, as much as trucking is an essential service uh, it's still a service and um, you know at the, at the most technical term uh, when there isn't stuff to move our members don't don't have work um, so what we've seen and we've gone out uh, with a couple of surveys uh, you know on a, on a regular basis to our members and the numbers are, are just stark um, where we're at is that the companies on average and we had a very good response rate from our, uh, our our member surveys which tells us that this is a key and, and critical uh, area for them um, they're just under a 30 percent drop in revenue that's the average drop in revenue um so that's everybody under the sun that's everybody from people who are moving dry goods and groceries all the way out to doing specialized work it's been a big hit across the board. Um, the companies that have been really hit um, by by the the, the pandemic uh, are motor coach companies. Um, you know, these are the scheduled intercity buses, uh, the charter motor coaches, the seasonal work. Um, their revenue is down 96%.
1: So, I mean, I guess that's mo- mostly a result of people can't go anywhere, right? So, I mean, we're talking motor coach companies. That's a mover of people, right? And if people aren't moving around, then there's not really much work for them to do. Correct.
0: You know, and this is one of those impacts that uh, when you look at it, it makes sense when you when you think about it, The question becomes is how do we help support these companies, restart their businesses and survive um, to the point that we uh, when we do move back to a state um, that we're able to operate uh, in a manner that that's consistent not only with public health guidelines but with public expectations, um how do we ensure that these companies are viable and that they're they're around at the time? Um, it's extraordinary, the impact. Um, again, with those motor coach companies, um, the vast majority of them um, have temporary laid-off uh, employees. And, I mean, we're not talking one or two. Um, you know, we were talking 25 in March. These are the average employees being laid off by companies. So 77% of companies had laid them off. By April, that climbed to over 92%. Uh, of companies that have laid off uh, staff, and it's the bulk of their staff mm-hmm. um, simply because there there is no work. It's not as catastrophic um, in the in the trucking sector and broader company and uh, broader trucking sector. Um, it's still pretty dire. Um, you know, 37% of survey respondents had to temporarily lay off an average of five employees in March, and by April, um, it was over half of businesses reported to laying off an average of 22 people. So, you know, with the downturn uh, in economic activity, as much as the industry is an essential service, um, there's an awful. Lot uh, of, of companies that are really struggling to survive.
1: Um, and, and looking specifically at the motor coach industry, one of the things that uh, you know you put out here in your statistics was that uh, an average uh, 96.1% drop in revenues, that was after April, which was just a further 4% reduction from March. And I was just wondering if that is maybe a, a bit surprising, because I expected that number to be quite a bit uh, bigger, right, just in terms of the uh, a larger drop in April, just because there was still half of March, right, where things seemed somewhat unaffected.
0: Mm -hmm. But what happened, of course, in March, um, this is when the seasonal companies uh, would really start to operate and really start to move. Um, You know, what we saw is anything that was booked, any charters, any team movements and stuff, that all evaporated right away in April. That was just a complete shutdown. Um, Intercity travel stopped, you know, so we had this really hard, really harsh stop very, very early in the pandemic in March. Um, it's continued into April where there are some companies doing some very specialized movement of workers, for example, to either construction sites that are still operating or mine sites, um, and that's basically that little piece of the three or 4% of the, uh, the pre-COVID revenue that continues. Um, but it was a real slam on the brakes in that sector, and uh, it was just as uh, those companies, particularly the ones that rely a lot on C- Seasonality—we're starting to get going.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, that makes sense. So the, the people movers obviously not—you um, know—just don't have a lot of work going on right now. But there is still supplies and goods being shipped across the country. And um, you know, how, how is that specific—you uh, know—looking when talking about the moving of goods across uh, across Canada? I mean, uh, in March there would have been a lot of orders, right? That would have been put in for for product to be mm-hmm. moved in February. So I would think you know through the beginning of March and, and the end of March, right, when we started to really see the impacts of COVID-19, that there would still be quite a bit of movement. And then in April, I imagine things really started to to slow down. Um, Is is that continuing right now? Is that slowdown really being felt? I mean, we're starting to see the economy begin to open up, but I can't imagine it's having a huge impact just yet when it comes to trucking. You're
0: absolutely right. Um, You know, it's when you look at the statistics and see where we're at, we saw those breaks come on in March. And while some companies were, continue, were able to continue to operate because they're moving essential consumer goods, um, there were other companies that just ceased uh, all operations, frankly. Um, an interesting anecdote is building supplies and building materials. So we saw this complete um, you know, shutdown in that sector uh, at the back end of March because nothing was happening in the retail setting. People uh, weren't doing a lot, a, a lot of buying. Um, come into mid April, we saw a little uptick in that area because people are now at home thinking, well, you know what, I'm going to get to that home project and I'm, I can go to a retailer, I can get the paint, I can get what I need. Um, so there's a little uptick there. But this general malaise that we see because of economic activity in every sector really affects our sector because simply we are the ones that move goods uh, from one point of the economy to the other. And it's until we see um, you know, a, a stabilization and a restart in various areas of the economy, um, we, like every other sector, are really going to find operations incredibly challenging.
1: Um, I'm sure you've had a chance to look at the the BC restart plan a little bit and just you being with the BC Trucking Association. I just wanted to see if maybe if you've looked at that document at all and and gone through some of the phases and and maybe looked at a particular timeline when things might start to get a little bit rosier for the trucking companies. Do you look at maybe as a phase three as a potential time when things are really starting to kick into high gear a little bit more in this province and then we might start to see a lot more work for BC truckers?
0: It, it's a really hard one to look at, but all, you know, and we've spent a considerable amount of time trying to do some projections and analysis. But we have no frame of reference because, frankly, we've never done this before. Mm-hmm. But there are there are elements that we look at and say, okay, you know, where are we going to be able to see where we're at? Um, I am hopeful. I have no data to support it, but I am hopeful that we are, as we say, exploring the bottom. Um, you know, we've had this place. We've had the economic activity ceased in a lot of sectors. We're seeing it restart a little bit very cautiously. So perhaps we can look at this and say um, you know, that we may be at the bottom. Um, if you compare it to the public health uh, analysis, you remember, you remember hearing talking uh, Dr. Henry talking that we won't know we're past the first wave until we're past it. Right. We won't know if we're at the bottom until we're, we're past it, but we're hopeful. The biggest thing that we see in terms of when will it change change is not the regulatory basis, not the directions from the public health officer necessarily, but it's the actions and decisions in the public. Uh, When people start feeling comfortable and feeling that they have the ability to re-engage, that they have the ability to you know, to re- return to work and we see uh, operations start to uh, to reopen, when people feel that they can go out for dinner safely, they can get their hair cut safely, um, that's the real key. You know so it's really important that all of us are very attentive you know to to what the instructions are and what the directions are from our pub- public health officials, and then to recognize the opportunities that those present. You know, when we do have these structures in place, uh, we do have these safety precautions in place, it's really important for companies to communicate with their customers that, yes, you can come. We are working in uh, inside compliance with directions from the public health officer, and those directions can provide a safe environment. Um, It's going to be a big change, Um, you know, when you think about air travel, you think about motor coach travel, um, people should expect to be wearing masks when they board those those, uh, transportation vehicles, for example. Um, You know, that should be an expectation that that's coming because that's how we create that safe environment. So we're going to be doing a lot of work to make sure that our members are safe, the drivers are safe, and we're operating in a manner that gives the public confidence uh, that they can re-engage in the economy.
1: Um, uh, Last question here for you, Dave, but uh, has the government done enough? Do you think that there has been enough support that has been offered up to those in your industry?
0: Government has been incredibly responsive. Um, I have never had the pleasure of working with any level of government um, who has been so attentive, cooperative, and really focusing on how do we restart the economy, how do we support businesses. Um, every initiative we've gone forward with, um, you know, if we haven't been successful, we certainly have, have seen some progress, um, but they've been very, very good. Um, it's rare um, that I think that uh, we can look at our, our, our political leaders and say, you They've they've really uh, tried to turn over every possible rock and look at everything uh, to be done to support industry. Um, We will have further asks. We will need support at a business level, not just at an individual level. Um, For example, wage subsidies are great if you can pay a wage. Um, But if you have no revenue coming in, that's not really helpful. So there are elements like that that we'll be working with government to say, you know, how can we support these industries that are in crisis? Um, But they've been very good so far.
1: Well, Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Really do appreciate it. And uh, hopefully things start to pick up and get a little bit better. But as you said, it's, it's really hard to project. So we'll just have to monitor and wait and see.
0: Absolutely. And again, I'd encourage everybody to really take a look at uh, where they're at and uh, be attentive to the public health directions and think about how they can re-engage in our economy.
1: Perfect. That was British Columbia Trucking Association President Dave Earl. Dave, thanks so much for uh, taking the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, it's weird when you look out in the highways and you see a lot of trucks still moving up and down. It it doesn't necessarily feel like that particular industry is being hit the same way others are, but I guess you know when you're not seeing as many cars on the road, you're just not noticing maybe the same volume of trucks either, so it, it's definitely there and, and we talked about some of the stats there and there's definitely been a hit and uh, it's something of course we need. It's an essential service, the trucking industry. We need to get goods moved across this country um and uh, once more orders start to pick up as the economy starts to recover hopefully we'll see a little more movement of goods and that'll help with those truck drivers here in our province as well but uh, we'll see we'll see how far we can progress and how fast we can progress and that will dictate just how quickly things can start to rebound all right well i gotta take a quick break here but when i come back i'm gonna be talking about wine ninjas what the heck is that Well, we'll find out right after this <laughs> Welcome back to the Jeff Andrea show. And thanks for being with me here on Friday. Of course, as we go through a pandemic, most of the world is probably feeling pretty negative about things, but with negativity, there always is a few bright spots. And one of the things that's happening here in Canada and now here in Kamloops is an initiative called wine ninjas. And I'm going to learn a little bit more about that. Now I'm joined by the organizer of the wine ninja group here in Kamloops, Chelsea Ostrom, Chelsea. Thanks for taking the time.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to shed a little light on the subject and, you know, hopefully bring people
1: safe. Yeah, so let's, let's just talk about what it is first. I've tried to explain it myself, but I'm just not really good at kind of uh, <laughs> telling people exactly what Wine Ninja is. So maybe if you could start by just giving me a quick explanation of what exactly being a Wine Ninja means. For
3: sure. Well, I, I'm going to first kind of start off a little bit... Um, Why it's gonna why why Ninja I think it's so important in Kamloops. Um, Kamloops is such a community-based city. It everyone thrives on being a big community and being a part of something bigger. Um, And we have all these certain um, things and fun uh, things going on around town normally every summer and every year. And it's hard being the fact that it's canceled. things get canceled and then you're stuck at home and you're not doing anything and not kind of following that status quo. And I have a couple of girlfriends that, you know, told me, you know, it's really affecting them not being able to go see music and park a couple of nights of the week or something like that because things are canceled now. Mm-hmm. And um, I got the idea from my friends back in Alberta and they're saying, you know, this really lays up people's day. And so I thought, why not? So Wine Ninja is basically a group for 19 years or older. has to be legal age. I'm, I'm sorry for anybody that's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, it's a grown-up game of Nicky Nicky Nine Doors. So you run, knock on the door, leave a little gift, which could have wine in it. It could have snacks in it. Um, there is a couple other groups around town. I know... Uh some even do like a little drop off the pot and stuff like that too. So there's different groups all around town. Um, but mine's strictly with wine or coolers and stuff like that. And it's just to, you know, brighten somebody's day.
1: So how do, how what's participation been like so far? I mean, how long when did exactly did you launch this Facebook group and what's the response been?
3: Uh, it's quite crazy actually. I launched it last week.
1: Oh wow, so it hasn't been very long?
3: It hasn't been very long, and the reaction time, honestly, it took off not even, I would say not even 24 hours, and I've already had almost uh, 50 people try to join. Um, I do have a cap on it right now. It's 200 people just because I'm trying to, you know, make sure everyone gets ninja and no one gets left out, mm-hmm. um, but it's quite crazy. It's it's taken a really big and I hear people that come up to me all the time and be like, have you heard of the Mind Ninjas? So, you know, it's just something that makes me feel good that it's getting such a positive and such a positive
1: energy yeah for sure energy from
3: everybody
1: yeah i love that i think that's a really really awesome thing and and something that like you said brings joy to people in what has been a pretty difficult time so how do you how do you go about matching people up when someone logs on and they 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 get accepted to join your facebook group if they're lucky enough to be one of the 200 as it stands right now how do you go about making sure that you know they have someone to uh you know ninja themselves and also maybe potentially get ninja
3: um, like I said, there's a couple other groups around town. There's like I know there's a fair dusting. Um, I know there's one actually. The so mines for men and ladies. Um, but I know there's one strictly just for men. It's called the wine or sorry, the whiskey whiskey fellas or something like okay. that. I can't I can't remember what, exactly what the name. But uh, they all have different ways of matching people up. And mine is actually you just go and you pick. So how I have it is I have different areas around Caleb, so Dufferin, Sahali, North Shore, West Side. Um, my group goes as far as Rayleigh um, for different places you go, and you underneath each post that you have, uh, people will put down their addresses, and then you just pick from that group. Uh, there's no rule on how many times you can be ninja and there's no rule on how many times you can ninja somebody. So it's really just kind of a pick and choose. Um, I do have for myself, um, just so I can keep track that nobody is getting left out, I I do have people who get ninja to post uh, a picture of what they got, you know, to show how appreciative they are, and, you know, it makes... The people who are injuring somebody feel good about the fact that, you know, they really appreciate and, you know, they got their gift. Because um, sometimes someone will drop it off and they don't actually know if they're home or if they're not home. I've had a couple incidents where I dropped them off and somebody wasn't home. So it's just nice to see that, oh, yeah, they did get in, nobody their special package
1: from them. yeah that's that's good because you know once you drop it off and run away who knows what happens to a, a package after that right so good to see that they're posting them online um, I was gonna ask too because I've seen you know this kind of similar initiative in in other places in the country and and I've seen some some videos of you know people dressing up in silly costumes and having a really really fun experience with this whole thing I was just wondering if you've seen anything along those lines have you seen some videos of people you know having this uh, having a really fun and creative time as they go about, uh, you know, participating in wine ninjas?
3: I, I totally have. Actually, one of my favorite videos, and I thought it was hilarious, a girlfriend sent it to me, um, it was this man. He walked to this house and dropped off um, his wine ninja and then ran to the back of the house, and you're like, what, what's he doing? And then all of a sudden you see him coming through the front door to grab his wine ninja that he actually dropped off. So I thought that was quite quite funny.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate you taking the time and uh, hopefully we get lots of other people out there who are interested in something like this and want to participate and hopefully you can find some time and some room to, to get everyone else involved as well. But thank you so much for your yeah, time. Yeah,
3: th- thank you for having me. I, uh, I definitely want to like, let people know that uh, you can still come and try to join the Wine Ninjas. It just might take a little bit um, for me to figure out a plan to make sure everyone gets ninja and everything like that, but definitely put a request in, and I will make sure that I will add you.
1: Perfect. Well, thanks again for your time, and enjoy the uh, enjoy the Friday. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks. You too. That was Chelsea Ostrom, who is the organizer of Wine Ninja here in Kamloops. And you can find the Facebook page by searching Kamloops Wine Ninja. Nice and simple. And perhaps you get a fun surprise in your doorstep in the future. There's still a little bit of space there left. You mentioned there's a cap of 200, but uh, that's not full yet. And there are some other similar groups as well. Wine fairies and whiskey ninjas. So lots of opportunity to uh, get, get your fix if you need it. Well, that about wraps things up for me here today. So I want to thank all my guests for joining me. And of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me for For a short while or a long while, just know I enjoyed our time while it lasted. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you sometime next week.